All right, I have a question for us all. We're going to start out with a question like we normally do. How many times have you told somebody you were going to do something and then forgot? Raise your hand. Come on, got to raise your hand. I know. Doesn't that stink? Man, I feel so bad. You have the best intentions, right? You're like, yeah, I'm going to do this for you, whatever. And then circumstances happen, whatever, and then you forget. And then they come back later and either say, hey, did you take that? Did you take care of that for me or whatever? Especially in marriage. Now, Gene and I have been married 35 years, and so it's happened a couple times, I think. No, it's happened a lot, especially on my end, man. Oh, I hate that when you forget something. Just like, I don't know, probably about six months ago, we changed from DirecTV to Sling TV. So you know, many people know that with DirecTV, you get a DVR, you do that with the cable company too. So it's real easy to set up your shows that you want to record and all that, real easy, right? Sling TV has a very similar thing. So when we switched over, I'm like, no big deal. So Gene says, hey, can you, can you tape Poldark? We still call it tape, I know. Can you tape Poldark for me? And I'm like, sure, it's on PBS, you know, that's not going to be no big deal. I'll, I'll tape it for you. And so we go through that night, and we play games on Sunday night, and then that's when Poldark was on Sunday, and the whole time we're playing games, I'm thinking, yeah, I got this thing covered, I'm taping it. At one point, she's like, oh, Poldark's on, are you taping it? I'm like, yeah, we're taping it. I didn't tape it. <laughs> I did not tape it. I totally spaced it. But here's what I was thinking, because I'm like, Oh no, I forgot, but I can make this right because what I'll do is after we're done playing games, I'll go into Sling TV and set it up and it'll record tomorrow because they, re- they re-show those episodes, right? Hey, guess what happened? You can't record PBS on Sling TV. So yes, it was lost forever. And I'm like, so I had to, I had to fess up then. I said, honey, I didn't tape Poldark for you and... I can't tape it for you. I felt so guilty. Oh, man, and she was so disappointed. I did correct the situation, though, because you can go on pbs.com or you can do the app for PBS and watch their shows. So I made up for it, but, man, I felt horrible in the middle of that, right? I just felt so guilty. I felt like some trust was lost there, right? I mean, I said I was going to do it, and I didn't. And, And the other thing is, and Gene would never say this, but in my mind, I'm like, I want to, whatever's important to Gene, I want to make sure it's important to me, right? I mean, that's just, that's just the way to do it. And I just kind of felt that I just totally let her down, that, it, you know, Poldark wasn't as important as it should have been for me. And, and just go through the process and make sure, make sure that I figured it out. I hate feeling guilty. I hate it. So how many of you hate feeling guilt like I do? Don't you just hate that feeling guilty thing? Man, it stinks. Now, serving out of guilt can be a problem. Would you agree? Serving out of guilt can be a problem. How many of you have volunteered maybe for something at church, a ministry, because somebody made you feel guilty? Yep, I know, I've been there too. How long does that last? Not very, right? That doesn't last very long. Or how about this, how... how, have you ever made a big sacrifice, maybe financial sacrifice or some other kind of sacrifice, just because somebody guilted you into doing it? I've been there. Now, wives, I don't, want, don't need a raise of hands here, but has your husband ever made you feel guilty because you didn't submit to him? Oh, there's a gasp in the room. 
man, guilty feelings. I hate guilty feelings. But here's our main thought to springboard us into week two of serve. Jesus never leveraged guilt to get people to do what he wanted them to do. Jesus never leveraged guilt to get people to do what he wanted to do. If we think about it, guilt was the territory of rules, legalism, Pharisees, and the like. That's where guilt comes from. Guilt wasn't and isn't where Jesus hangs out. He takes a completely different approach, Jesus does. Now, our theme verse for this series we talked about last week, so I just want to do a little bit of a recap. It comes from John 13, and I want to read it together like we did last week. Go ahead and bring up that verse. That wasn't the verse. There we go. All right. So let's all say this together. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. That's John 13 or 1315. It's our main theme for this whole serve series. And last week we talked about Jesus serving. If you missed it, go ahead and listen to the podcast. Actually, on the podcast, you'll hear that I washed Will's feet, didn't I? <laughs> that, was, that was fun and awkward for Will all at the same time. It was awesome. But we saw that Jesus' example was this. Jesus got up from the table. He removed his outer clothing. He tied a towel around his waist. And then he washed the disciples' feet. That was his example of showing how to serve one another. And, and he took the place of a servant to wash the disciples' feet. So his message to all of us was to serve the same way that he serves. But there's more to the story. There's actually a lot more to the story than that. Later that evening, after Judas the betrayer had left to go and do his dirty work, Jesus gave his disciples critical instructions. He gave them critical instructions about their motive for action. And that's where we see John 13, 35, 34, and 35. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Now I want us to put ourselves in that time frame. Think about this. Think about the disciples growing up with the commandments and the part of the Old Testament and all this. They knew the prophets, they knew the law, and they're like, wow, Jesus is going to give us a new commandment. This is awesome. This is fresh, man. This is something new to be excited about. So they're like, they're, they're all in. They're ready for it. And then he goes on and he say, he goes, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love to each other is going to prove to the world that you're my disciples. Pretty revolutionary. It was a new commandment. And it was actually the basis of everything Jesus taught while he was here on the earth about loving and especially loving one another. Now, what we need to do a little bit here is connect the dots from last week to this week. Because this is all in the same vein. This was during the Last Supper that Jesus washed the feet, Judas takes off, and then he continues to teach the rest that were there. So it's all the same thing that he's talking about. Jesus' example of serving connects to Jesus' commandment to love. 
Jesus' example of serving connects to Jesus' commandment to love. That's what we see here. So our main thought for today, if you're taking notes, oh, and by the way, notes were given as you came in, but you can also go on the app and take notes there as well. Serving flows out of a heart of love. Serving flows out of a heart of love. Now, I don't know, if you've been around Connect for a while, you know what my favorite definition of love is, and I've said it a couple times, and we had a whole series about it about a year and a half ago. And it wasn't mine, it was from Dr. Paul Olson, who's, who's a psychologist, and he lives up in the Kalispell area. But, but he says this, and I just love it. I choose to do what I know benefits you. I choose to do what I know benefits you. That's at the heart of love. And man, it's, it's, it's actually a really great definition of what serving is all about too. It's a choice. I choose. If I'm going to love people well, and if I'm going to serve people well, I'm going to choose to do that. It's a choice. And then it's also an action. It's a choice and an action. Now, a lot of times we enjoy the Hollywood sappy movies, right? You complete me, <laughs> right? All that kind of stuff. You know, and that's all nice and that. I mean, that has its place. But it's all about feelings. It's not about action. And love, real love, is action, not only feelings. Don't get me wrong. There's good feelings that come along with love. But love is an action. And then this is also based upon knowing the other person. I choose to do what I know benefits you. And then it's focused on what will benefit someone else. It's not about guilt at all. Serving and loving is not about guilt at all. Serving flows out of a heart of love. So if we're going to follow Jesus' example of serving, it must come from his command for us to love. And this is what it looks like. I'm going to talk about three things with our time together here. Number one, Jesus, like love, esteems others. Jesus, like love, esteems others. Now, esteems is kind of a funny word, but you'll get it here in a minute because I'm going to piggyback on esteems here in a second. But esteems just means honors, values, appreciates others. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament in Philippians, says this, In chapter 2, verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let, Let each esteem others better than himself. Super important thought. You know, I grew up in the late 70s, 80s, and then into the early 90s. You know, it was kind of my my teenage and 20s type years. And I remember even back in school in the late 70s, early 80s, what they were doing, it was just kind of promoting self-esteem is what was going on in the schools back at the time. And it was, you know, the 80s has kind of been known as the me generation. I don't know where they get that from, but it wasn't about me. No, I'm just kidding. So it was kind of the me generation. And there was an artist at the time, Whitney Houston, who was super popular, and she had some blockbuster songs. 
We're going to play just a little bit of a clip of this song, and I'm going to talk about this after we're done. Go ahead and play the song. I had to sit down for that because I was singing that and I was mouthing the words so it would have been real funny but I needed to have like this kind of serious moment but did you catch what she was saying Whitney what loving yourself is the greatest love of all man it ain't right that's not what Jesus says that's not what the Bible teaches but man we love that don't we I mean what a great song I mean don't get me wrong there were some positive elements from that you know getting into the next generation and making sure, you know, that they're feeling good about themselves and stuff like that. But no, that's not the greatest love of all. Let's go ahead and look at Philippians again. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each person esteem others better than himself. Is it possible that the world of... Is it possible what our world needs is not more self-esteem, but more others' esteem? I really believe that's true. Now, I don't think, you know, Whitney was thinking that, when, you know, she just wanted a, a pop hit that was going to encourage the, the kids of, of the world, right? She wasn't really thinking about the impact that those words really have according to how that could change and shape culture. But if you really bought into what she was saying, that is in total opposition to what Jesus calls us to do, isn't it? Now, it's important to value and have a healthy love for ourselves. Don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, you know, there, there is. I mean, some people really beat themselves up, and, and that's not right. We shouldn't beat ourselves up, okay? We shouldn't hate ourselves, but it seems like the more self-absorbed we are, the more unhappy we become. The more self-absorbed you are, the more unhappy you truly become. My experience has been that when I serve others instead of serving myself, that I feel more satisfied, I feel more useful, I feel more loving, and I feel more loved. And I think if I was to sit each one of us down and just kind of have a, a heart-to-heart conversation, you would agree that that is exactly what happens to you when you serve someone else versus serving yourself. Now, Jean 
in our household does the majority of cooking, and she's phenomenal. If you guys have ever had Jean's food, you know that she really knows her way around a kitchen. And I mean, she has been developing and cooking her skills since she was uh, preteen. She had a couple brothers, and her mom worked, and her dad worked, so she did a lot of cooking even growing up. So, um, so you know, I, it's easy for me to feel a little intimidated, and it's also easy for me to just kind of slough that off and let her take care of all that. But, you know, in recent years, I, I don't know, probably quite a while, I, I try to find my niche where I can in the kitchen, you know, because I can't just whip up things off the top of my head like Jean can, although she's taught me well, and I, I, I've done a couple cool things in recent years. But one of my things is pizza. I've developed my kind of own pizza recipe. I make the dough from scratch. I let it rise for an hour. I do the whole deal, right? And within the last year, I've learned something else to kick it up a notch. I cook my pizza now on the grill on one of those stones. Man, it's phenomenal. If you really want to know how to do it, just come talk to me. I'll let you know how to do it. So there's a couple things that I do. Burgers is another staple that, I, that I've kind of mastered over the years. And, you know, burgers are on the grill, yeah. But you know what? I watch The Kitchen on Saturday mornings, and The Kitchen teaches me so many awesome things. Jeff Morrow from The Kitchen taught me to grill in a cast iron skillet. Why? Because you don't lose any of the juice, right? Man, my burgers these days are so juicy and awesome. And now I'm not really patting myself on the back, but I'm, you know, I guess I kind of am. But I'm just letting you know that, you know, I've really tried to shoulder the burden of cooking in the home so that Jean doesn't always have to feel like she has to cook all the time. I guess it's my way of saying I love you. It's my way to say I love you and by serving and by sharing some of those responsibilities. We're empty nesters. We have two grown daughters that are out of the house having families of their own and stuff. So, you know, back in the day, Jean would just get the girls in the kitchen with her and it'd be no big deal. But, you know, now that we're empty nesters, I got to step up to the plate. But, but that's what I mean by, you know, kind of serving. It's Jean's area, but I want to help shoulder the burden. Serving flows out of a heart of love. Man, I love my wife. And I just want to be able to do that for her. And Jesus, like love, esteems others. Now let's talk about the second characteristic of love. But before I do that, before I talk about the second characteristic, I want to go back to John 13, where Jesus says that he has a new commandment, and the commandment is to love one another. Now, he demonstrated his love uh, before he said this, by washing the disciples' feet, but Remember how shocked the disciples were? If you, if you weren't with us last week, we showed a clip and the disciples were like, what? I mean, that was totally revolutionary back in the day in that culture that Jesus, their rabbi, their teacher, who they knew was the Messiah, at least they had said that before, was sitting there taking the place of a servant and actually washing their feet. But really what came next was actually more shocking than that because Jesus was going to die a criminal's death on a Roman cross. Even more sacrificial than washing the disciples' feet. And here's what we need to know about that kind of serving that flows out of a heart of love. And it's number two on your outline. It says this, Jesus, like love, sacrifices for others. Jesus, like love, sacrifices 
for others. And Jesus told us to follow his example. And, and you know what? His example was to die. If we really want to love Jesus, we need to die. Now, many of us won't be put in that position to die physically. But he died for us physically because he loves us and he doesn't want us to have to die either. He provided that way into heaven so that when we pass away from this life, we have somewhere to go, which is eternity. And that's what Jesus did. He, he took the fall for you and for me. He, he sacrificed. And so let's talk a little bit about sacrifice. 1 John 4.10 says this, This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So if we're really going to love people in our lives, we need to love like Jesus loved, and that is by sacrificing ourselves. And like I said, you know, it might not come to your physical sacrifice, or it, it might, I don't know. But most, most of us, it won't. But there are times where we're going to have to say no to ourselves and say yes to somebody else. Times when we have to die to ourselves for the sake of someone or a, maybe even a group. You know, when I was thinking about this, preparing for this today, I thought of M- Melissa Garten. Many of you know Melissa Garten. She's in charge of our kids' area. And when she took over for the kids' area, it was like a year ago or so, something like that. I don't know if you know this, but in the last year, she's joined us here in our service time maybe once or twice. Now, you could say, well, she needs to schedule her time a little bit better, right? (laughs) No, she scheduled her time off occasionally. But every time she has a Sunday off, there's more kids in the nursery that pulls her into the nursery. Or maybe there's a sickness in her family and she needs to stay home. Or maybe there's a sickness with one of another teacher and so now she needs to teach the class when she was going to spend some time in here. Now, once again, I I don't say that as a guilt trip. I, I use this example to say that, you know what, Melissa really hasn't complained at all about it. But in one of our staff meetings not too long ago, well, probably about four or five months ago, we said, hey, you know what? To alleviate some of that, why don't we have a family Sunday on communion Sunday and then just have all the the older kids join us. We'll still keep the nursery open and all that. And that'll relieve that a little bit until there's some more helpers come along, you know. And and there's been several people that have stepped up, you know, recently to, to sign up for kids ministry. And I say, thanks a lot, guys. But guess what happened? She got pulled into the nursery or she got pulled somewhere else. And so she has it. I think there's one time on Family Sunday she was able to hang out with us. And she's not complaining. And what we're doing is we're praying for a little more relief to come Melissa's way. But, but that's, that's an example of somebody who's just sacrificing themselves for the good of somebody else or, you know, in our case, for a group of us, our kids, Right? Serving flows out of a heart of love. And Jesus, like love, sacrifices for other. Love also esteems others. I talked about that. And there's one more characteristic that I want to talk about today. But before I do that, I've done that twice to you today. I want to geek out a little bit about a particular Greek word that is very important 
to this characteristic of love. And it's hupotasso. You might say it's hypotasso, but it's not. It's pronounced hupotasso. Everybody say that with me. Hupotasso. It's kind of fun, huh? I mean, we got the rodeo around, right? Hupotasso. I don't know. Kind of sounds like I'm on a rodeo circuit. No, I'm, Bob's definitely not on a rodeo circuit. But what this means, what this word means, is it means to arrange yourself under. It means to subject one's self to another. It means to obey. So now I want you to see something here that's super important. The person who is exercising this hupotasso chooses to do so himself or herself. So if you're exercising this hupotasso, it's a choice. You choose to do that. It's not because someone is forcing me to obey. No. I'm choosing to obey. I'm choosing to serve. I'm choosing to love. It kind of goes back to our definition of what love is. I choose to do what I know benefits you. So this word is used by Jesus in Luke 2 when as a child, or about Jesus, when Jesus as a child was gone missing and his parents had to travel back to get him. Now that, that's a whole other story that I'm not going to go into. But let's go to Luke 22, 51. Then he, Jesus, returned to Nazareth with them, Mary and Joseph, and he was obedient to them. He was hupotasso to them. Obedient to them is what he was. And it's also translated in the ESV kind of a different way. Let's go ahead and take a look at that. The ESV is the next one. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive, hupotasso, to them. So th- it says right there in the ESV, and you're probably thinking, oh no, <laughs> Pastor Bob, not submit. I don't like that word. I hate that word. Don't use the S word. <laughs> yes? One way to translate hupotasso is submit. And that's our number three for today. Our, our last thing today is this. Jesus, like love, submits to others. Jesus like love, submits to others. So if you have your Bible with you today, I'll give you a second, probably digital Bible, right? Turn to Ephesians chapter 2, or chapter 5. Ephesians 5. We're going to talk about a verse here, and then we're going to talk about a few more verses after that. Ephesians 5.2 says this, Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. He loved us and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma for God. Then the next 18 verses or so, Paul talks about what life filled with love and following the example of Christ really looks like. He talks about all kinds of behaviors of love that loving people exhibit. And if you've ever read Ephesians, you know that that's in there. And it's a great chapter. And I encourage you that if you're kind of not remembering that, that don't read it now. But read it later. Read it this afternoon. But in verse 21, he gives us this drop the mic sentence. In Ephesians 5.21, he says this, And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Boom. And he walks out. 
serve, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The word here is hupotasso, once again. Now, why do we do this? Out of guilt? Nope. Why? Maybe because someone is demanding it? Nope. That's not why. We do it out of reverence for Christ, one to another. It's mutual. It has a mutual serving idea here. And now if we keep reading in Ephesians 5, there's a couple of things that we're going to run into. And I want to make sure that we explain these here right now because they've been misrepresented over the years. And I want to, I guess, set the record straight. In verse 22, it says this, Wives, hupotasso to your husbands as you do to the Lord. That's a hard statement sometimes. I know I've talked to women that really don't like that verse because I believe it's been misrepresented. It's been abused over the years. And, and even from a teaching standpoint, it's not been taught accurately. And so I'm here to teach it accurately because we need to remember that it's not out of guilt. It's not because somebody's telling you to do so, but this type of serving flows out of a heart of love. And then after he talks to wives, Paul kind of ramps it up a bit. And I want to camp here just a little bit because in verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives in the same way Christ loved the church and died on the cross. So wives or women, if you have a hard time with submitting, you know, Paul doesn't just ask you to hupotasso. Jesus isn't just asking you to hupotasso. He's asking husbands to die for their wives. So here's the challenge, guys. You need to put it all on the line. All selfishness, everything. You need to die to yourself for the sake of your wife. And when we love like this, guys, when we die to ourselves and die for our wives, you know what they're going to say? They're going to say a lot of times what Gene says and what Chris, Russ's wife, pastor's wife down there in Bozeman says, they say this, it's not hard for me to submit to a man who dies for me. Now, I'm not perfect. I was pretty transparent with my stuff before, and I try to be transparent each and every week. But that's the heart behind it right there. Once again, this thing, this, this, this submitting is under hupotasso, out of reverence for Christ one to another. So I just want to talk a little bit about families real quick here. Men, never say you're supposed to submit to me. That'll get you in hot water pretty darn quick. All right? If you want to take that one verse uh, out of context, uh, go ahead. It ain't going to end up good for you. Well, and because we've learned that submission is her choice. We submit, and it's a choice that we submit one to another. We talked about that before, but then he goes on. You know, Paul talks about wives. So it's their choice, men. Wives, never say you should die for me. (laughs) I don't think Gene's ever said that, but I'm just throwing it out there. Don't ever say you should die for me because you know what? It's the guy's choice. It's the guy's choice. But when we hupotasso each other, we serve each other out of love, our marriages 
reflect Jesus to the world. It's true. Our marriages reflect Jesus to the world. Now, maybe you're in a relationship where one is not a believer. You know, this does become increasingly difficult. There's a friend of Gene and myself, a friend of ours that we've known for a long period of time. And this person has been in this kind of relationship where this person serves Jesus and the spouse does not. And this person has done their very best to hupotasso, the best that they can, without violating God's word, obviously. And it's tough. It really is. So we continue to, to pray for this person that things will change. So, so that's an extra dynamic out there. And I know not all of us are married here. So for those of you that are single or maybe those of you that are in school still and stuff like that, there is still a way to hupotasso those family members, those friends in your life as well. Kids, once again, it's for your parents too. We can all hupotasso our parents. Around here at Connect, we do something that's called Next Steps. I'm going to ask the band to take the platform, or the dynamic duo, as I should call it. But I want to go through a couple things because here at Connect, it's, it's good to understand what the Bible says, but the next level then is to do something about it. A lot of times we call them action steps, we call them next steps, and they're on the back of your notes and they're also on the back of your connection card. And if you'd be willing to take a couple minutes maybe and make a check, that would be really appreciated. The first one is the one that we talk about each week. I'm going to begin to follow Jesus today. I'm going to talk about that one more in a minute. But number two, I'm going to begin esteeming others above myself. Esteeming others above myself. Like I said, it's great to have a good, healthy self-esteem. We need to. But I really think this world needs more others' esteem than self-esteem. Maybe that's you. Maybe that resonated to you today. Number three, I'm going to start sacrificing for others more. I don't know, maybe you're somebody that likes people to do stuff for you. I mean, I, I enjoy that too. And maybe you've gotten into a rut expecting people to do things for you. Well, today's the day that, not me, but hopefully the Holy Spirit's going to knock you out of that rut. I'm going to start sacrificing for others more. And then the last one is, I'm going to practice hupotasso. I'm going to practice hupotasso. Bob, that's a funny word that I'm going to remember now, and I want to, I want to practice that more. Maybe that's you today. I'll give you a minute to think about that. We're going to pray, we're going to pray here in a minute, and then we're going, to, we're going to collect the cards and the offering at the end of the time after the band's done. So they'll tell you to pass the baskets. Those of you that are regulars, you know all about that. But we're going to hold off for a minute. I want to spend a couple moments in prayer. So let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity today to talk about serving. Week two about serving. And last week, once again, you showed us the example of Jesus and how he served. And, and once again today, we talk about Jesus because he served sacrificially out of love. And God, you, you call us to do that as well. But before we can do that, we, we need to be in relationship with you. And so 
As we are bowed in your presence, as we're in a, have an attitude of prayer here, I, this call goes out to maybe those of you that need to ask Jesus to be the leader of your life, the boss of your life. You just know that you can't do life on your own anymore and you need, you need Jesus. And like we've talked about, he died for each one of us so that we all may experience eternal life in heaven. And so... That's number one. That's what serving Jesus provides for you. But apart from that is, is Jesus promised to send his spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and resides in you and then helps you live out this life here on earth. To help things like hupotasso be a little bit easier and there's not that conflict or dynamic well, there will be a little bit, but it's much easier to hupotasso once you have Jesus in your life. So life won't be perfect, but it will be abundant, and that's what we see in the Bible. So if that's you, you pray as I pray over you right now. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus. I, I know that I can't do this life on my own, and I've missed the mark of perfection. I'm not perfect. But Jesus, you came so that I don't have to be perfect and you came to be the sacrifice that bridges the gap between myself and and God the Father and I accept that now. I I know that I've missed the mark, so help me. Create in me a a new heart. Make make me new from the inside out and and I just know, I don't know what the future is going to be like. I just know that I need to surrender to you right now and have you be the boss of my life going forward and I don't know exactly what that looks like, but you're going to show me. Jesus will show you. So I pray towards that end right now. In Jesus' name, amen.